It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's tax time. And this year, more than prior years, a lot of people have been stalling on dealing with taxes. But there's something that almost nobody does that is absolutely clark Rageous for your wallet. I'm going to fill you in on it and hopefully getting you to think about taxes a little bit differently. And coming up yet later, we're going to talk about a bunch of deals. There are all kinds of deals today. Ironically enough, at a time of year where we don't have a lot of deals, so I don't know if it does mean maybe the economy has slowed down a gear, not recession, but maybe slow down a gear or whatever, but we're going to hit you with a lot of deals coming up later. So Bank of America has announced just prior to having to sit for a congressional hearing that they're going to raise the lowest pay rate, their own minimum wage, to 20 bucks an hour. And that 20 bucks an hour is a huge increase from what banks of various sizes historically have paid. So 15 is what it's been, and now it's going to push to 20. So they'd already raised it to 15 like Target has done, and any of a number of businesses have been raising their wages. It all started with a movement from what's considered to be and is pretty much a dead sector of the U.S. economy, the U.S. labor movement uh, outside of government employees. Almost nobody is a member of a union, but there was this very successful publicity campaign by unions to push through higher pay rates, and that led to the living wage movement And a lot of communities around the country have gone to higher wages. 15 is the most common stated number. And so Target went to that. And trying to think who else we had recently went to 15. But there's a trade-off. And the trade-off is automation. That as companies choose to raise their wages tasks that they can automate, they're going to automate. And there are many examples of that. McDonald's has tried to go to where ordering is done at the kiosk. And I was in a McDonald's recently that they weren't even set up to take an order with a human. And this elderly gentleman was yelling at the people behind the counter and they said, you got to go use the machine. And he said, um, I can't repeat some of the words he used, But he made it clear he didn't want to or couldn't use that machine. So I did his order for him at the machine, and then I stole his credit card number. No. (laughs) But anyway, um, the automation is a response. Now, you may think that's negative for labor, but ironically enough, it's not. Because a lot of the businesses that have been raising their wages to try to reduce turnover are also businesses that have perma-vacancies and have struggled so hard to keep staffing up. And so it's not necessarily eliminating a job for somebody who wants to work there, 
it just makes the business more efficient. And Walmart's another example. You know, Walmart, which had taken so much heat for how poorly they paid workers, has been raising wages as well. And I told you months ago that Walmart was experimenting with a robot in a small number of its stores that could do double duty, could clean the floors, and also do automatic inventory checking to see which items on a shelf needed to be restocked. Well, that thing's been working, and according to MarketWatch, they're rolling out these robots in hundreds of stores, and the cleaning robots that only do the cleaning and not the inventory, that they're going to have them in 1,500 stores. They also have a new technology that will make unloading trucks on the dock at stores much more efficient and reduce back injuries, which are a big thing with unloading tractor-trailer trucks. So they have a new automated conveyor belt that they're going to have at 1,200 stores that can unload a truck much quicker with fewer workers and less danger to somebody's back. So, you know... It is such a hard thing to talk about productivity, but ultimately what makes a society more wealthy is when you're able to produce more with fewer labor hours. And a lot of people look at that and they think automatically that means you're costing people their jobs, but that's not how the economics work. And becoming more efficient and at the same time paying people more money those aren't mutually exclusive things with a winner and a loser. It actually can be a win all the way around. Eric is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eric. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You got a question for me about Roths. You know I, I'm sometimes referred to as the man from Roth. <laughs> well, great. I definitely called the right man. Uh, I have a question about the uh, Roth contributions, maybe thinking of those as uh, an emergency fund versus maybe putting money in an online savings account. What what would you think? Uh, is that a, a decent option to think of the Roth contributions? So that is a very viable strategy for a Roth IRA. Um, Roth IRAs have unusual rules that give them uh, – uh, flexibility that does not exist with an employer-provided Roth 401k, an employer-provided, uh, like if somebody's a federal worker, a Roth TSP, a right. Roth IRA, you can put money into it up to $6,000 a year, and the money you contribute, you can withdraw at any time for any reason, and it's tax and penalty-free. But okay. any earnings that you have in the investments you have your Roth in, those must be left behind. Now, would you have to pay those funds back at a certain point? Nope. Okay. But if you think about a Roth IRA, the principal purpose of it is to deal with the massive shortfall we have in savings for retirement. Right. So even though it's a very um, wise strategy in certain situations, I don't want people to look at a Roth IRA as a current spending piggy bank. Um, I'll give you a use. Let's say 
someone could never afford to put the maximum into a Roth IRA in a year. And they've had trouble trying to figure out how are they going to fund an emergency account and how are they going to fund this retirement account. If they were never going to reach the maximum in a Roth anyway, you then perfectly could use a Roth IRA both as your rainy day or emergency fund and as an account that you're saving for long-term, investing for long-term for retirement. I don't know if you understand the nuance of what I'm saying, because I don't want people to think of it as like, oh, that's money just for whatever. Right. Because principally, it should be for retirement. Exactly. Okay. Does that explain it? Because when you call any fund company or you ask a brokerage anything about it, they're going to say, nope, you can't withdraw any of the money until you're 59 and a half. Right. Yeah, that's what I've I've actually inquired about that, and that's sort of the response I got. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're doing the right thing there because they don't want to give you advice that that is advice that you later say, wait, you told me I could do so-and-so, and and now I can't. So they just go with the answer that you can't. But the reality is your contributions only are your money any day if you need it, but it's got to be a real need, not just like, oh, well, yeah, there's that special to go wherever. I'm going to just pull that money out. Nope. It's not for fun stuff. It's for absolute emergencies. Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Adam. You have a wild story to share with your fellow listener, don't you? Yes, sir. Unfortunately. What happened? Uh, I had just got done cutting my grass on Saturday, parked my lawnmower, uh, walked up onto my front porch, and a drunk driver uh, decided to uh, crash his vehicle into said front porch. Were you hurt at all? Was anybody hurt? No, sir. No, sir. Uh, my, my kids were in the room right next to where he struck the house. Uh, I was on the porch. Uh, my wife was in the car in the driveway, so fortunately no one was hurt. How about the but drunk my, guy? Was he hurt? No, he wasn't hurt. Uh, he actually he got out and was very aggressive with the, with me for some reason. Uh, but but uh, yeah, we were all fortunately safe. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the house is not doing so hot right now. Now, is it unsafe to occupy? Have you had to move into a hotel or anything? Uh, the fire department said that it wasn't unsafe at that time. I've noticed there are a couple of issues. It seems to be getting worse as the days go by. Um, so I, I, there are concerns because it did knock out part of the uh, foundation. And does the, the oh, no. Does the drunk yeah. guy have insurance? No, he did not. Of course not. Yeah. Okay, exactly. and please tell me they t- carted him off to jail. Uh, after uh, a couple days later, yes, they, they did. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, they, I mean... Uh, he, he, he fled the scene, and they they wound up catching up with him on a later date. So this is like the, the worst possible. This is where bad things happen to good people, and you're harmed even though you didn't do anything other than the drunk driver decided to treat your house as a bullseye on the target. Yes, sir. Okay, so you are... <laughs> in the unfortunate position that your homeowner's insurer is who you're going to have to rely upon since this yeah. this guy had no insurance. Yes, sir. Have you had somebody from your insurer come out yet? 
Yeah, so they came out and did measurements uh, on the inside of the house and the outside of the house as well. They actually had one of their contractors come out, uh, which is actually who I was wanting to use originally uh, to come check out the house. But I've never filed a claim before with insurance ever, so I'm I just I don't know what's next. I don't know what I should do. I don't. I'm so kind of I, here's one thing I would do. There's some money I'm going to want you to spend out of your own pocket, okay. and I'm going to want you to hire an engineer who's a structural engineer to make sure that the structure of the house can properly be repaired, and more important, that it's safe for you and your family to be in the house now. Yes, we've had we've had a lot of concerns about that because we've got cracks in our doorframe that are slowly getting bigger. So you cannot rely on the insurance company adjuster. You cannot rely on the contractor for that. You need your own hired gun, your own outside engineer to uh, write an opinion on the safety of the dwelling and more important, what the proper remedy of repairs will be because the insurer's interests are to do as little as they possibly can to patch the house back up. But right. I don't want you to cover up something that will make the house unsafe for you or even a future owner of that house. And that's why spending your own money on an engineer at a time like this is really, really key. Right. Yeah, well, I wish I would have taken all of the wonderful advice you've given me over the years as I was growing up, but unfortunately I didn't do so, Clark. Now, wait, wait. You didn't do anything <laughs> wrong here. Why are you saying that? <laughs> I know I, just, I know I haven't followed your uh, financial advice to a T, so, yeah, I don't really have a, that kind of rainy day fund, so that's, that's my problem I'm having right now. I'm kind of at the mercy of the insurance company. I can't let you be that way. I mean, if you if you even need to go, this would be a case where even if you need to go um, to the kindness of a relative to have an engineer come look at it, whatever you need to do, you've got to have that person on your side because the stakes are too high with your home and the safety of your family. You've got to figure out how to do it. And I, I'm just so... Uh, I feel so bad that there you are just sitting there. The only good news is you'd already finished cutting the lawn and the guy didn't mow you down. Today's Clark Rageous moment is a stunner to me. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but most taxpayers are eligible to use free tax filing software, the Prepare Your Return, and to file electronically all for free. In- you have to be income eligible, but... Somewhere around two-thirds of taxpayers qualify for free income tax preparation and filing. But apparently, nobody knows this. New data out shows that only 2% of people who are eligible for the IRS free file program are using it. Now, if you're a regular listener to me, you've heard me for years and years and years talk about using free file. What it is is it's a link right on the front page of irs.gov and for some reason the IRS has made it harder to find on that that main page but it's there and then it takes you to uh, commercial tax preparation software all the big name tax software programs and going through the IRS link you are able to prepare and file your taxes free. 
And many of the software providers also, if you live in a state that has a state income tax, you're able to file your state income tax and prepare it for free. I said that in the wrong order. Prepare and then file for free. But nobody seems to know. So if you're like, well, I've heard you talk about it, make sure other people you know are aware. Now, generally, you become automatically eligible if your adjusted gross income is under 66000 which applies to most taxpayers. And you can do the prep, you can do everything, and you owe whatever tax you owe. But as far as preparing your tax, going through the software questionnaires thing and all that, filing your tax, you pay nothing for that through the program, and nobody's using it! Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com's our main website, and then we have ClarkDeals.com, which is where we post deals for you through the day. We don't just do like a catalog. We try to post deals that we think are bona fide, real bargains that won't waste your time looking at. And our chief deal digger, Karis, is here from Clark Deals. And Karis, you and I were talking that this is normally a very quiet cycle for deals, but for some reason, there are any of a number today. And so I'd like you to go over some of those, but I want to mention one before you start, okay? Okay, sounds good. I want to talk about the deal to Australia, to Melbourne and Sydney, that is available on multiple airlines, uh, United, Qantas, Air New Zealand, and Fiji Air, or Air Fiji Air. And it is 597 or 598, depending on which you find seats for, to Sydney and Melbourne, good all the way to December, no June travel, scattered dates with the seats available from Los Angeles. And people always get frustrated with me when if you live elsewhere in the country, why do I talk about if you're going to Asia or you're going to China or, or wherever, why do I always say the fares from Los Angeles? Because you can fly around the United States so cheaply to get to that West Coast gateway that has all these ultra-cheap fares overseas. This is unusually cheap to be able to go to Australia for under 600 round trip. Use google.com slash flights to pull up a fair calendar for you and you'll see when the under $600 round trip fares are available from LA to Sydney or Melbourne. So that's what I got for you for travel, but you got a phenomenal deal at Target. Yes. And those are incredible deals to Australia and they are nationwide. You might not find it as cheap as 596, like you said, from LA, but there are some incredible deals nationwide. Um, so Target is offering $50 off a future purchase of 150 or more with a new Target red card signup. And I know you're not a fan of store cards, but Target, the Target, Target has... Target an exception. Do you yes. know why the Target card is an exception? Because it has a debit card. Well, because you get 5% off every purchase yes. and you get free delivery from Target.com without the minimum purchase in most cases. Mm -hmm. So, And it's free to get, but they have never gotten the signups like Amazon Prime has. Right. And um, so, I mean, that's an incredible deal. There's some exclusions to that, like some brands of electronics, but um, that is a, an awesome deal. You have to sign up for it by... April 20th. Okay. April 20th. And so. then you have to use the money 
by there's some date in May. Yeah, I believe it's middle to end of May. So want to read definitely read the fine the print. The voucher of that one. will tell you that. Yeah, and you'll get an email with everything in it. So. Um, but that's a great one, um, especially if you do a lot of shopping at Target. And it looks like you could use it for food. I know it excludes alcohol and milk. We were looking at the fine print, but that's a great one. Um, another great one is a 12-month membership at BJ's Wholesale, which actually Joel wrote. And it is $20 right now. It used to be $25. Now it's $20. I've never seen a warehouse membership this cheap. And uh, BJ's Wholesale, if you're not familiar with it, it's very heavily along the eastern seaboard. It's originally from New England. Big presence in Florida. Uh, really nowhere else in the country other than along the Atlantic seaboard. So that works out to one sixty-seven a month, which is incredible. Um, we are seeing a lot of clearance deals on clothing right now. Um, for example, Costco has jackets from nine ninety-seven, which you know, something that ends in ninety-seven is a clearance deal at Costco. Um, and then Home Depot. And this is Costco.com, not the yes, store. Right. Costco.com. And a lot of the items have free shipping. About half of them are only available to members. The other half are available to people who aren't even a member of Costco. Exactly. But if you want to see all the deals, you have to sign in to your membership at Costco.com. Exactly. Do we have time for one more? We got time. Here, talk as long as you want. How long <laughs> you want? Okay, so Home Depot um, and Lowe's are having spring Black Friday sales right now with a ton of garden items. Um, Home Depot is going to last until April 17th, so you have more time on that one. Um, but you'll find mulch for $2. Um, that's Scott's Earth Grow Mulch and some other brands. Garden so soil. So if you want to get out there and do your gardening, now's the time to get those early deals. Um, grills, ladders, outdoor, outdoor furniture. There's just a lot of outdoor deals right now um, for these spring Black Friday sales. And Amazon has a section of their website that's really a hassle to get to, but they have over 30,000 items on clearance right now through Amazon's outlet. And I even put in, in the search box outlet, and it still didn't take me to the sale. So it is a hidden link that we have for you on Clark Deals that you can see those 30,000 items. A lot of them are being sold, you know, as most merchandise on Amazon is not actually being sold by Amazon itself. A lot of them are being sold by third parties, but they are items that are marked down modestly to major discounts. And you, when you get to the outlet, you'll see you can pick by category you're interested in. So if you were interested in garden supplies, you could click on that. If you were interested in electronics, you click on that. And it's divided into, I think, 12 major categories, and you just pick, and then you see the thousands of deals available in that category. Mm -hmm. And some of them are like used or open box, but you can find a really great deal. For example, there are used ring doorbells starting at fifty nine sixty five, so that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's very cheap because <laughs> a ring normally would be ninety nine dollars and up for exactly. a basic ring doorbell. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Clark. So ClarkDeals.com, we update it around the clock. 364 days a year, no updates Christmas Day. So if you're looking for the latest deal on Christmas Day, you're flat out of luck from us. Got to give people some time off, right? <laughs> Philip's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Philip. Hey, Clark. Thank you very much for taking my call today. So your call is so ironic because we were just talking about the third lesser-known warehouse club, BJ's Wholesale, and you have a question about warehouse clubs just in general. 
Yes, yeah, so I've never been a member of one of those, um, but have, I'm starting to listen to your podcast on a very consistent basis. I'm, I'm in my late 20s, and with how much stuff you and other callers talk about, you know, perks and, and connections you get through your membership, I feel like I'm left out of all the fun and the deals. So um, I wanted to ask your advice about maybe you just kind of talk to me like I'm stupid about this, but what is the benefit of joining a wholesale retailer? And unfortunately it's in my area, there's only one of the major two to three in my area. There might be the other one coming soon. So I wanted to kind of get your idea about which one's the best and stuff like that. And who's in your area, Philip? As of now, it's just Sam's club, but there may be a Costco coming. uh, I don't know, sometime within the next year or so there's rumors stirring about. Well, Costco and Sam's look the same from the outside, may look the same when you walk in the door, but they're very different um, in, when you look at the merchandise. Probably about half of what each of them sell, the other sells, and they each have a very limited markup on items in the building. Sam's Club will not disclose what their maximum markup is, but Costco is open with it, and this is what makes the warehouse clubs different versus other retailers is by selling in such a no-frills, high-volume environment, Costco's maximum markup on anything in the building is 14%, except for anything that's their private label, which is 15%. Uh, when you look at the items in the store that both sell, they're very. there are so many that are the same, and the prices are so similar that it seems that Sam's Club must have a, a very similar but undisclosed markup to Costco. So what you're getting for just the basic purchase of merchandise is you're getting things at a, on a day-in and day-out basis. You're getting a much lower price than typically even sale prices at other stores because they do okay. massive volume and have very minimal staffing at these warehouse clubs. They also have a very limited number of items. So you're not going to find the variety that you're used to in another store. They sell a very limited number of items, dirt cheap. Um, Now, the differences between if you get a Costco in your area, um, Sam's and Costco get a different level of income shopper. And Sam's Club tends to get um, not the income level shopper that Costco does. And you'll see that reflected in the merchandise that's different one versus the other, that Costco tends to sell a higher uh, quality of goods than you're going to find at Sam's. So they both offer uh, very good pricing, but geared towards a different customer base. And but if you're a premium card member, there's other stuff that you could potentially, uh, with a membership card, yeah, get like other it, than, I'm going to buy a ton of stuff. Yeah, like at Sam's, there are prescription drugs you get free if you're a premium member. And they've got a list of what you get free. And then others you get as a premium Sam's member, you get at extremely low prices, almost certainly lower than you'd find somewhere else. And usually lower than you have with a copay. If you have a prescription benefit through your insurance, the Sam's Club price for their premium members, their plus members, is often lower than what it would be with even somebody who has insurance. And then there are things for buying cars and Uh, a variety of areas. Costco is a huge seller of travel for its members and rebates most of the commission 
from the travel you buy from them. So there are lots of reasons to be a member, but the really cool thing is that if you join and you don't like the warehouse cover, you find you don't go, they have very liberal policies on refunding your membership fee. Okay. So it's a minimal risk kind of thing if you decide to become a member and then you're like, Clark so overhyped this, this is a waste of my time, it's a waste of my money, that guy has no idea what he's talking about, you just walk <laughs> right back in and you get that membership refunded. Costco gives you back the full amount, Sam's Club gives you a prorated amount based on how long you've been a member. Scott joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. Hey, good morning. So, Scott, you got a question for me about making your money work harder for you. I do. I do. Um, I'm 57 years old. We plan to retire, my wife and I, in about two years. Um, one of the questions we have is we have a, a very nice portfolio, and we own 100% equity in our house. We plan to sell our house. And the first three years or so, we're going. We're buying a large fifth wheel and truck, and we're going to travel the 48 states, well, North America, and while our kids are finishing their master's degrees. How fun! Um, so you said 48. So you Alaska or Hawaii? Because nobody ever I'm says Al- that except Alaskans or Hawaiians. I'm Alaskan. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're just going to live a life on the road. Sure. And so our our expenses are going to be minimal. And so my question was, and I know diversi- diversifying is a big thing and for, for you, and I've listened, we've listened to you for years, and, and I want to say thank you. We've made very nice deals and lots of money off your podcast. Well, thank you. So my question is, when I sell the house, naturally my um, financial advisor wants to roll it all into the 401k, I'm not overexcited about You can't. That, you can't. I, you may have misunderstood, but you can't uh-huh. take the money from the sale of your home and put it in your 401k. Okay. It would have to or go into put- an investment account. Uh, some of the money could go into a Roth IRA. But, yeah, yeah. That's but what you're it, telling me. Yeah. So it cannot go into your existing 401k. Well, my thought is I've dealt with rental before. And that's basically, I do uh, building maintenance for a living, but I know I can turn more money on rentals, per se, per dollar, than I can in the markets. So what's the balance? Well, well, first of all, they're not equal. Because if you have an investment and you got money in your 401k, you have it in an IRA, you have it in an investment account, whatever, you don't really have to do anything with it. Like, no toilet breaks. Nobody calls you and says, you know, somebody broke in and broke the front door. You got to replace the window or the heating isn't working or whatever. So they're entirely different. One, you've got to be hands-on and active with. The other, you just let the money be active for you. So that's why I'm into both. But in your case, you did a preamble that, in my mind, eliminates you from being someone I would consider as a natural candidate to have rental property. And that is, you said your goal in two years is to bag it, sell your home, and live on the road 
in a fifth wheel, and you're going to be so far away from where your rental properties are, unless you've got a kid who's going to be taking care of the property for you, I think it would be a bad decision to own a rental property. So, okay, when I do settle down after that time period, should I still consider rentals? Yeah, particularly because, especially because you can do things yourself. Yeah. You know, that okay. that's such a valuable and important part of the equation of having a rental property is when you can do repairs, when you can do maintenance, when you can do things for yourself, it changes the economics of a rental property. And so, uh, you know, you may hear Joel and me talk back and forth about our rental properties from time to time. I have three, he has five, but he has a big advantage over me because Joel can actually do repairs on his home. He can do improvements on his rental properties. I can do nothing but text somebody or call them to help me because I am clueless and hopeless when it comes to that stuff. And that makes it more profitable for him to be a landlord. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Clark.com slash ask. That's where you post a question for me online, and we answer them many different ways, including where Joel posts your question for you. Yeah, Clark, Sean has a question. He says, I hear advertisements on the radio for something called home title lock. Is that something I need to be worried about? My home is one of the largest assets I have, and I don't want it to be stolen on paper. Right, so there is a rare crime where criminals engage in a practice in states where real estate records are kept in an archaic way where they exploit that to try to steal equity from your home. It is a very, very, very infrequent rare crime. And we didn't know exactly how to answer this. So we went to three and then five real estate lawyers and it was unanimous, five to O that the people who do this for a living said don't pay for title lock coverage. All right, Clark Robert said, what is credit lock? I just received an email asking if I want this free service from one of the bureaus. Is it worth it? So Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian are terrified of people freezing their credit. They're trying to get you to do credit lock instead, and it is not as effective a strategy as credit freeze but the credit bureaus want you to do it because they can still make a lot of money selling off your information. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.